All right. Hello. Welcome back to the Key to Success podcast. I am your host, Terrell Key. Let me tell you exactly why you should listen to me today when it when it comes to this. So listen, I've been a permanent sub. I've been a substitute, a regular sub. I've been a teacher. I've been a school counselor. And now I'm an assistant principal. And I'm telling you, man, I've learned so much along the way. And I want to I'm going to give the entire game away today for free to you today. Like I'm giving you everything. I'm going to tell you exactly what it takes to be a successful assistant principal. All right. This job is not like anything that you think that you, you might know. Like it is not like any position within education. It is totally different, totally different. You could be a good teacher. Doesn't mean you're going to be a good administrator. You could be a good school counselor. Does not mean that you're going to be a good administrator. This job is totally different. So stick with me. Also, keep in mind, this is my second year. I'm going into my second year. So I made a lot of these mistakes. A lot of mistakes that I'm talking about, a lot of the things that I can do, uh, it's going to make they're going to make me way more successful this year. Some of them I missed, you know, so I'm going to give you the full game. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you the entire truth. Everything that it takes for you to become a successful administrator. All right. So just stick with me and keep in mind. There's some of these things that I'm talking about are aspirational and they will you'll see them this year and there will be times that I might fall short. But what I'm hoping for this year, my goal for this year is to consistently do the right things a lot more often than I do the wrong thing. So this is all about growth. So some of these things I just want to let you know I might not have accomplished yet, but they will happen. I guarantee you. So. All right. The first thing right out the bat, man, I'm just going to tell you because this job is hard, right? It is a really tough job. And I promise you, if you think you know what it takes to be an assistant principal just because you worked in education for a long time, you're probably wrong. So the first thing that I will say that you need to do and you have to protect it, you have to guard this one thing, uh, you know, first out the, out the bat, you got to protect your positivity. I'm telling you right now, there are there, you will see so many things that could make you become apathetic. Um, that could make you become just down and nasty and take it out on teachers and students and everything else. You have to guard your positivity like it's no one's business. You have to guard that inspiration. Like you ought to literally protect it because I am telling you, it is a tough, tough job. And, and people are going to need you and they're going to need that. They're going to need your positivity more than you might know. It's going to be times when your school counselors are going to need you to be positive. In the midst of a fire, like you're going to have to figure out a way to keep that light going because you're the one. The People selected you as a leader. They chose you as a leader because they figured that you could stir the ship. You're going to have to protect these things. I promise you. It's going to be time when teachers are going to need you. It's going to be time that's, that's dark, that's tough. And, you know, this is going to be really, really tough. Oh, is it, uh, I'm, I'm going to get there. Uh, Jeremy, I'm going to get there. Just stick with me. There are going to be times, I promise you, and like the thing that they don't tell you this in school, like there are going to be times, especially just think about this last year with COVID, with mass mandates, with all of these different things, with fights, with all with all of these different things happening. It's so easy as a new administrator, or as an administrator, period, it is so easy to take a turn and go negative, to, to stop believing in students, to start seeing nothing but the negative. It is so, so easy. So I'm going to tell you a story. Like, so I, 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 I like put, like putting things in perspective. All right. So there was a time uh, last year, and I'm not going to say the teacher's name, but, I, you know, I was approached in the hallway. COVID is going wild, right? 
Start, I mean, like the cases are through the roof and a teacher camp comes to me, right? As an administrator, I'm in the hallway, I'm walking by myself. And they ask me, are we going to make it through this? Right? Think about yourself. All right. So you like you're in the middle of contacting contact tracing like crazy. I mean, like sometimes you might get three or four contact traces at a time, three or four at a time. Teacher approaches you and says, are we going to make it through this as a leader? You have to believe that you're going to make it through it. I literally I mean, I had to take a deep breath and I mean, I'm putting it, you know, when I say something, I mean it. And I really had to believe, you know, and I had to think to myself. I believe that we are going to make it through this. And here's why. And talk to the teacher and explain to them why that we were going to make it through it. It got like the situation was dark and then it continued to get darker. But you have to protect. I promise you, like there's going to be so many things that might happen. And, but, and, and there's so much good happening, too. But it is so difficult because we have a natural tendency to focus on everything bad. Let me give you another example. So. Referrals, like last year as an, as an assistant principal, referrals were through the roof. Like it, every school across the world, right? All of this, all, everyone's experiencing more fights, more discipline, bathroom destruction, all of these different things, right? But it is, when you sit back and you look at the data, there's one thing that's, that's very difficult to, to, fix, to follow, you know? It's the fact that 87% of our kids didn't have one referral, but I'm seeing a constant flow of referrals and it's really difficult. And I say sometimes you might want to go and take a look at the data, look at the numbers, because I guarantee you that things might not be as dark as they seem when you're even in your darkest moment. So the number one thing that I will tell you, I promise you, like, first off, out the hole, you have to protect yourself at all times. You have to protect uh, that positivity and you need to bring it. You need to bring that that positivity into the relationships that you have um, with teachers. Like, and, and that is a very tough thing. Because to be honest with you, you're going to get complaints. You're as, an, as a school leader, people won't always like you. People are going to have thoughts about you that might not be great. They might not be wholesome. I mean, I guarantee you, there are people that probably don't like me right now. You know, and, and, it, and it's okay because the thing is, as a leader, that's just something that you have to accept and expect. Like, that's just part of it. Like, you want to be loved. You want to be liked. But the reality is everyone's not going to mess with you. But the one thing you cannot do is take it out on teachers. You cannot uh, come in, sit into this, uh, step into this chair and have an us versus them mentality. It's okay for people that are not in the chair to feel that way, but you can't allow that outside energy to come into you at that seat as a, as a building leader. You can't do it. It won't work. Like it literally won't work. You will destroy the culture and climate of the school. You can't do it. In relationships and in leadership, relationships are everything like you're not going to be able to to lead effectively if people don't believe in you if people don't trust you if people aren't hearing your message if people don't feel included if people feel left out it's not going to work so you have to find a way to protect your positivity and bring it into the relationships that you have with teachers that you have with school counselors and it is extremely tough i'm telling you this and I'm going flat out, straight out the hole on this. This is an extremely difficult thing. And last year, to be honest with you, there were times when I would walk in the, in, in the office and I would feel like a shell of myself because I was allowing the job to beat me up. And, and, and it, it can happen so quickly. But the thing is, you have to recognize this stuff early on, early on. And speaking of like another thing that I learned last year, like about like protecting positivity and everything, you got to get out in the hallway. So like last year I made some mistakes, you know, like going out in the hallway around too many other administrators. 
Like I have to get out there and I need to get to know the teachers. They need to get to know me because so many people and like you might think like, OK, so, for example, I've been in my school now for about 12 years. They still a lot of people don't really know me. Um, they don't really know where I'm coming from. So if I'm if I'm trying to do something, they might think that I have, a, you know, like some type of a negative idea or that I'm trying to hurt somebody because they don't actually know me. So it's really important for me next year. I need to get out there. Now, I want to know uh, I want to get to know the teachers, especially in the departments that I'm, um, you know, that I'm working with, you know, so I need to get out there. I need to figure out what the teacher's dreams are, what their plans are. I need to get to know people because there's, it's impossible to try to motivate or to encourage or to uplift people that you have no idea about. So it's something that I'm, I'm definitely working on. I haven't done this yet. I'm being honest with you. Like these are things that I hope to grow into this year, like, and to consistently do the right thing more often than I do the wrong thing. I want to get into classrooms early. I don't want people to feel like because I'm in the classroom that I'm an intimidating figure. I want people to feel comfortable when I come in the classroom. I want students to feel comfortable when I'm in the classroom because teachers deserve grace. But also I need to be in there in order to help. If there's a situation going wrong, I can't spend all of my time in the office just doing discipline. I got to figure out a way to get outside of it because I need to bring positivity. I need to bring my light out into the district, into the building. I can't just hold it to myself. It does no good if it's just to protect me. It's about the district. It's about the teachers. It's about the students. It's about everyone. So that's part of what it takes to be a building leader. You got to protect yourself and then you need to spread that protection out amongst the building. So out the whole, this is a, an incredibly and I promise you, like this sounds cheesy, but it is incredibly difficult to maintain positive energy throughout an entire school school year. But my hope for myself this year and I'm putting it out here. It's on camera. I, I hope that I have the capacity to carry that energy more often than I don't, you know, and I realize that I'm a human too, but more often than not, I want to be able to be a positive figure in the building. I want people to get to know me. I want people to get to understand why I feel positive, positively and why I think that we can make this year the best year that we've had in the last four years, because I truly believe it. So let me take a drink. Cause I, all right, let me, oh no, wait, let's see. What can I do as an admin intern to prep for the role? I would talk to administrators. Hold on. Jeremy, that's a great question. I would talk to administrators. Um, when I was an intern as an administrator, I spent a tremendous amount of time talking to um, uh, to the other APs in the building. I wanted to know the ins and outs of, of the job. Now, I'm saying that because like you'll hear certain things when you're um, you, when you're interning. Right. And maybe even if you handle discipline, you might slightly experience some of these things. But I am telling you. There is nothing like sitting in that seat when you become a building principal, when you're responsible for things, when you're getting those calls late at night, uh, you know, about the, from the security company and stuff like that. It's totally different. So that's one thing that I would do. I would say ask questions because later on, when you are an administrator, you'll hear certain things. Like even when I'm telling you, like, it's nothing like sitting in that seat. That comes from Charlotte Fisher telling me that over and over and over again, you might have a perception of what it's like to be an administrator. But your perception, I promise you, no matter how long you've worked in schools, this is like my 16th year, your perception of what it's like to be an administrator is totally different than what it's really like. And I promise you that, promise you. Which goes into my next point. You have no idea what to expect. I mean, and, and that goes from day to day as an administrator. You have no idea what to expect each and every day you walk in the office, it could be an angry parent. It could be a bomb threat. 
It could be, it could be anything. It could literally be anything when you walk into the office. You have no idea. You have some controllables, like you know, like your calendar and stuff like that. But as an administrator, you have no idea what what your day is gonna look like. What like you have like from moment to moment, it could be a fight. You could have the best laid plans in the world. You're gonna be doing an investigation for hours. It, it, you, it just doesn't work that way. You know, like it might be a student running down the street and you got to go chase them. You never know from day to day what to expect. If you're not in the shoes of an administrator, you have no idea like what it feels like to be responsible, not only for yourself and your own actions. I'm responsible for every teacher's actions in the building, every student's actions in the building, every school counselor's actions in the building, every social worker's actions in the building. Everything that happens in the building as an administrator, you are responsible for. You can't say, oh, this ain't my problem. Everything is your problem when you're an administrator. There's no such thing as it's not your problem. There's no such thing. If somebody does something that's off the wall, you're involved in it. Like you're all involved. Even if you're not directly involved, you're indirectly involved because you're having meetings with the team to figure out the right solution to, to the problem. Every single time. And like a lot of people think that decisions are made alone in leadership. That is not the case at all. Like a lot of times we come together, like people might think that it's one person making a decision. No, 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 no. We're all involved in the decision. We're all responsible for the decision. Like every last one of us for almost every major decision that's happening within the building, an administrator is responsible for it. It's a totally different level of accountability than any other position. Position As a teacher, you're accountable for what happens in your classroom. Maybe even a little bit like with hall duty or whatever, maybe a little bit, but not much, right? As a school counselor, you're responsible for what happens in your office. As an administrator, I'm responsible for every locked door, every locked gate, everything, every single thing you are responsible for. And no one wants to hear your excuses for not being responsible for it. You're responsible for everything, everyone, making sure everyone is aware of every major event. That is a totally different from any other position, any other role that you that you will be in in a, in a school building. Totally different. Totally different. Totally different. And the thing is, you can't complain about it because people selected you as a leader because they need your leadership in these times. Like whenever there's something going on, you were selected because you're capable of doing it. So I'm telling you this as a warning, but at the same time, you're capable of doing it. It might take staying after a little bit and planning. It might take you taking some work home and planning and trying to figure these things out. It's just it, it you have to get it done. Like there's no excuses when you're an administrator. You have no safety net. No excuses. You have to be responsible. You have to, you have to be, a, a, you know, and also like if there's an argument, like, so say for example, if it's a parent coming in here uh, into the building and they're yelling at the secretaries, guess what? You got to step out there, buddy. And you got to step out there and you're going to pull them into your office and you're going to defuse the situation because you're responsible for all of those things. You're responsible for the mental health of your secretaries, of your, uh, of your counselors, of your teachers, of all of those different things. You're responsible for that. Even if you did not say the thing that got, got the situation heated, you are accountable for that. And nobody cares about your excuses. Like you can't hide. Um, during a uh, registration, there was an upset parent about something. I'm sitting there chilling. I'm like, I'm having a peaceful day. Guess what? I'm responsible. Got to go out into the office. Got to go handle it. Like you're responsible at all times. And there is literally no getting away from it. That is the role that you chose to go. If you decide to be an administrator, 
you have decided to be responsible for everyone's mental health, everyone's physical safety, every door, every lock, every teacher, every counselor, every social worker, every nurse, you every everything that happens, you're accountable. You have some level of accountability. And then on top of just actual accountability, you're in charge of perceived accountability. If you walk to a fight and people see you, some people think that it's okay like to walk to a fight. They, th they think it's better. Like what people perceive, perception is often reality. You're resp responsible for your per perceived reality, like your perceived uh, ability. Like you're responsible for all of this. So you have to watch how you carry yourself, watch how you dress, watch how you talk, watch your facial expressions, because all of those things count into your overall responsibility as an administrator. And people ain't gonna tell a lot of people ain't gonna tell you that. Like you're responsible not only for the things that you actually do, I'm responsible for my perception of me. I'm responsible of like, you know, like say, for example, if I send something out, if I'm behind the scenes and I send out something like, for example, I'll use an example today. I sent uh, I mean, I uh, worked on uh, the PD for uh, our upcoming Institute Day, but I realized because I received several questions that it was confusing. Guess what? Better make a video to go line by the line and explain it, because I understand like that. I, even though I didn't send the email out, I am responsible for this before our building. I am responsible for professional development in our building. If teachers are confused about it, then it is my responsibility to explain it. You can't sit back and say it's their responsibility to come to me. No, no, no. It's my responsibility to go to them to make sure everyone understands. Like, that's the way it works. That is the game that you signed up for. You're responsible for everything. And, I mean, you know, if you're going to be an administrator, that's just something that you have to accept. You know, got to accept it. Hit that like button for me. It's a lot of people on there. Hit that like button for me. But it, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, that. that's one of the things. Also, all right, let me go back into this, man. You know, because I just want to go back into how the role is different. So a lot of people talk about, you know, uh, it's important to teach um, before you become an administrator. I totally agree. I believe that teaching before you become an administrator is really great for instructional leadership. But just because you're a good teacher don't mean that you're a good administrator. It don't mean that at all, because some teachers that are really good teachers are conflict avoidant. That ain't going to work down here. Or like you might be a good teacher, but you might not have good solid like calendar and scheduling like you know there's all these different things that add up are you good at interpersonal relationships um amongst adults you know like that that might not be your strength but you might be a really talented teacher though so every teacher is not going to be a good assistant principal every assistant principal is not going to become a great building principal because of it's a higher level of communicative skills that are needed to be a building principal so there's all of these different things and none of the jobs are even the same at all. Like you might have great classroom management, but you might not have good personality management uh, when it comes to working with the staff. Can you manage 200 personalities? Like, are you capable of doing it? Like, are you capable of handling when there's an upset teacher? Are you capable of diffusing the situation, hearing people out? Are you, are you patient enough to deal with it? Because it's, it's totally different. You might be good inside of your classroom. And there are some tremendous teachers that work extremely well within the silo of their classroom. They make a thousand decisions every single day um, within their classroom. But once you look, you broaden the scope, because this is the difference. When you're in the classroom, you're responsible for the classroom, the lessons, the day-to-day -day planning in their classroom. When you step outside into administration, you're responsible for all of it. Like the role expands so, 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 like significantly. So I was a teacher. But even when I shifted to being a school counselor, my role, like when it came to my vision, like so like teacher uh, is difficult job. Don't get me wrong. It's extremely difficult. Being a school counselor, like it expanded like my vision of what happens systemically within a building because I was no longer 
within the confines of a classroom five hours a day. You know, like, so for the people that aren't like in education, a lot of times teachers have a plan period, like so typically seven hours a day. A lot of teachers have a plan period and lunch in a study hall, right? So outside of that, you know, like, you're, you know, when you're, you're locked in that classroom, it's totally different. Now, when I was a school counselor, I could see like the building, you know, like the building level stuff, but it's totally different because that's something that's missing from the plate of school counselors and social workers that want to be administrators. Discipline. So you don't have to deal with discipline in the way that a teacher would have to deal with, like when you're calling home and you're dealing with angry parents or you're writing a referral, like you're not within that chain of discipline. So as a school counselor, a social worker, and keep in mind, you know, like for me, I was a school counselor for 10 years. So like there was like a, I had been removed from discipline for a while. So just realizing the rate of discipline. And it's also different from being in the classroom, too. Like when we're talking about the rate of discipline inside the classroom, I would have my discipline. But in the office, I'm responsible for everyone's discipline. And even though like we're assigned letters as assistant principals, what happened if the other assistant principal isn't available and it's a fight or if it's um, a parent? You're responsible for every single child when you're an assistant principal. Don't think that you have a real caseload. No, 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 no. You have everyone. Everyone. That's that, Your student caseload is everyone. It's whoever comes in your office. Everyone. And that's the difference between like, being a teacher, like when you're responsible for your discipline and maybe in the hallways a little bit. As a school counselor, no discipline at all. When you sit down in this seat, when you sit down and you become an administrator, you're responsible for all of it, all the discipline. Anyone that comes down in your office, anyone that fights, any situation that needs to be handled, you're responsible for it. You're not going to be able to say consistently, oh, my, my letters are E through K. That don't work that way. Like you're going to deal with whoever comes in your office and you're going to do it with a smile because your teammates are going to pick you up when you're too busy to deal with the situation that came to your office. Because sometimes students can't sit out in the lobby, especially after a fight or something like that, when there's a school safety issue. You're going to have to do what you have to do. It might be a parent that, you know, like another administrator's out. You're going to have to deal with it. And the same thing is going to happen uh, with other administrators for you. So it's a give and take thing. You're responsible for everyone. Once again, everyone. It's not just you, not just your letters, not just your classroom, not just your counseling office. You're responsible for everyone. That's one of the things that I really, really want to drum home. Really, really difficult. And as a school counselor that has never been a teacher, I think it's, uh, you know, like for, for people that have never taught, I've been a teacher, but if, if you have never taught, I want you to really appreciate how difficult it is to be a teacher. Let me tell you, as a teacher, like all, like you're responsible for providing information for probably 150 students. These 150 students have different home lives, different levels of understanding. All kinds of things can come into the classroom on a day-to-day -day basis. You're responsible for doing that. And on top of that, a lot of times when you have uh, one, if you have one prep, you're going to do the same lesson five times, probably, right? Five times. You're going to, you're going to think sometimes, dang, like, did I, did I say this? Sometimes you're going to have a better hour than another hour. Somehow, and that could be because of you. That could be because of the students. That could be for like for a variety of different reasons. So if you've never been a teacher, I assure you, it is one of the diff most difficult jobs in the entire country. So like, if you have never been a teacher and you are an administrator, you probably want to give them some grace because you have no idea how difficult that job is. It is a hot seat to sit in. I'm telling you, like I've done it as a teacher. I've done it as a permanent sub. I remember, man, like I'm going to tell you a story. So my first day as a permanent sub before becoming a teacher, I literally, they literally walked me into the classroom, said, here's your book to teach with and walked out. I had no support. It was 30 kids right in front of my face and I just had to get going. 
I just had to start teaching. It is incredibly tough. Like nobody's there. Like nobody's going to come in and help you. You are responsible for those 150, 120, however many kids you have. It is extremely difficult. So if you never taught before and you're an administrator, please give them some grace because you would not want somebody in your face doing the same thing to you as a principal. So like understand, like there's a reality to it. Every teacher is not a master teacher. Every teacher is not like, I mean, and, it, and it's no, no knock against them. And then every classroom is not some master class because some classrooms have very bad chemistry because of all, like certain personalities in there. It could, it could take a shift. You could be, you could have the best well-played playing lessons. You could be doing a great job as a teacher, but like also have a really bad hour. So I want that to be put out there for all my school counselors and social workers or anyone that comes in that has never been uh, a teacher. Uh, please like make sure Make sure that you give them some grace because I promise you this job is a heck of a lot uh, harder than you think. And that's why I'm like, when you hear about the great resignation, it is for a reason because teachers are underappreciated. They're underpaid. People think that, um, that they're paid over the summers. They do not get paid over the summers at all. Like it it is, their checks are stretched out. Like teachers are going through a lot, especially this year. Like we got to give them grace because it it is tough. So if you've never been a, uh, never been a teacher, I promise you, I promise you, if you sat up there and you taught for a day, I guarantee you, you would, matter of fact, not just a day, forget it. If you taught for a year, teach for a couple of years and see what it's like to be a teacher and how difficult it is. I promise you, it would change your mind about how you evaluate and how you go into it because teachers need grace. Teachers need support. As an administrator, it's on us like to build those relationships and also like, you know, think, to think of ways outside of the box to protect our mental health because I promise you, it is a very, very, very tough job. Now, I will tell school counselors and social workers, you do have a very important skill set that a lot of teachers coming out of the classroom might not have. You do have something. You have counseling skills. You have tremendous, hopefully, if you become an administrator, you have tremendous counseling skills that you could use. Like you could use those when a teacher's upset, when a parent's upset, when a student's upset, when you're doing a, a conflict mediation. You could also do that when you're um, when you're you know when you're doing an evaluation or like if you're doing an observation, you could you could step outside of the role of a of a of a principal, just a direct like I'm your boss type situation and sit beside the teacher in a way that a lot of teachers might not feel comfortable yet and doing because of all the years and all the experience you have as a school counselor uh, using solution focused therapy, using um, CBT, breathe therapy. All of those things are skills that most teachers might not have that are tremendously important and can help you out as an, as an administrator in ways that a lot of teachers, like when they talk about not wanting school, uh, school counselors and social workers to be administrators, they can help teachers out in ways that they, they might not even understand yet. Like there's, there's, a, there's a lot that can be done um, with those skills. So that's another thing. Let me take a quick drink, drink real quick. Hold on one second. I'm going to keep cooking. All right, here we go. The next thing, boy, this job moves fast. This job, being being an assistant principal, oh, the job moves fast. Like you might have tardy letters, discipline, parents, teachers. Like you might, like because the thing is, keep in mind, when you're responsible for everyone, everyone might not have a need. But say if there's 200 staff members, 2,000 students, and X amount, maybe 4,000 parents, right? There's a tremendous amount of need at any given time. So you have to be able to prioritize things very, very quickly, right? You have to figure out what you can do and when, and then you better write things down or save it to your calendar so that you don't forget or overlook people. 
When you forget people or if you overlook a situation, it is really easy to burn a relationship. It takes months and years to build a relationship. It could take one second to burn a relationship to the ground. So like, it is really like the job moves fast. And, and, and the thing is, like a lot of people aren't going through that process with you or their speed. I don't know. I'm going to have a nerd moment real quick. So it's sort of like, you know, like how you, I don't know, man, if y'all ever seen, what is that movie called? I, I forgot. Like it's some movie like Interstellar where you go away from the planet. Right. And everything's moving faster for you than it is for everyone else. Back on Earth, everything's going at this speed out here. When you're away from Earth, everything's moving super fast. That's the way life as an administrator is. Everything's moving super fast. Now, that fleeting moment for you, like where you didn't speak to that teacher, when you didn't say hi to that parent, when you did something, because everything's moving fast around you, you could burn a relationship really fast. So you got to make sure that you prioritize things. You figure out a way like to be like observative, like see things, feel things, use your intuition because the job moves so, so fast. Like, I mean, you're going to have a, a million meetings. Like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of meetings. There's going to be a lot of different situations. You're going to want to get out ahead of discipline. You're going to want to plan ahead. You're going to want to communicate. Every single minute as an administrator, you could literally find something important to do every single minute that you're an administrator. Every single minute, minute, every single moment, you could find something that is extremely, extremely important to do. So stick with me. Extremely important. Extremely important. And I tried. I literally tried to fill every moment some days with, with work. You know, like we're trying to do something, trying to make a difference every single day, and it will tear you apart. It will literally rip you to shreds if you try to do it all at once. Being an administrator, like even though things are moving fast, you got to eat it like an elephant one bite at a time. You got to literally take little bites. You cannot do it all at a time. You will not solve all the problems one, like at once. It just doesn't work that way. And um, I remember um, before I became an administrator, before I became an administrator, I remember uh, talking to our, my superintendent before uh, the school year. He told me, he's like, man, I know like that you like to you like to be on 10 all the time. You like to go 100 miles per hour all the time. But I am telling you that it is not going to work like you're not going to be able to do it as an administrator. It might have worked as a school counselor. Maybe it worked as a teacher. But as an administrator, it's just never going to work out that way. And you got to make sure you take care of yourself. You got to exercise. You got to do all these different things, because if you don't, you'll literally fall apart. Guess what happened? I fell apart. I stopped exercising. Listen, man, listen to me. Listen to me. I stopped exercising. I gained like probably 40 pounds. I stopped running. I stopped doing everything because I was going, I was trying to give everything I had to figuring out this thing and, and trying to become a better leader. Like it was literally eating me up. You cannot do it all at once. Like you have to pace yourself. You have to utilize that marathon mindset that you're, mindset that you're gonna take this thing one set, step at a time. Because if not, you will fall apart. You will age. And being an administrator can age you so fast. Just think about, you know, like the pictures of presidents, right? You know, they go in, they're bright eyed and smiling and stuff like that. But the pressure and the weight of the job, even though being an administrator is not the same as being a president, is extremely stressful. So like you could see people age over time when, especially as a building principal, it'll age you and it can wear on you. So there's just something that you need to be aware of. You have to take care of yourself. You have to pace yourself. You have to understand that you're not going to get it all done in one day. You cannot stay there every night and just and, and go hard every single day. It just won't work out for you. So you have to set a schedule. You know, you have to put some things on the on the back burner. And it might be a hot topic for, say, like a teacher, you know, like, hey, like this minor infraction, infraction might have just, you know, been like a part of like 
multiple infractions for the teacher. But I would say, you know, in, in, in hindsight, that you need to communicate to the teacher like, hey, I saw the referral and I'm going to get back to this in just a second. And a lot of times I would sit, I would try to just have it unread and get right back to it right away. Because a lot of times our referrals are digital now. We get some paper ones and some digital ones and they would come into my inbox. I would leave them unread and come back to them. But that leaves confusion for teachers. And guess what I'm responsible for? I am responsible for the confusion of the teachers. So I need to email them and say, hey, I see this. And, you know, right now I have X, Y, and Z going on, but I will get back to it. I'm going to talk to the teacher. I'm going to talk to the parent. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get this thing handled. So set a, set a schedule. I'm kind of figuring out my schedule now um, inside my head. Like, I, I know I like to answer emails in the morning. I know that's one of the things I like doing. I like answering calls in the morning and stuff like that. Um, and then kind of maybe doing my tardy letters and stuff like that second hour. And then I'm going to try to set a schedule where I can get out into the building a lot more than I did last year. And I realize that there are things that are going to pop up that are going to pull me back to the office. But I have to ha set like a reminder to myself to get out there a lot more um, than I did before. Another thing. Let me take a drink. Hold on. Let me take a drink. Got a drink. Got a drink. Got to keep my. All right. Here we go. You're going to experience stress at new levels than you ever had before. And you can prepare for it. You can prepare for it. And the, the key thing is that you need to recognize it early. Like you need to rec recognize the signs of stress. Um, for me, uh, stress looked like like tightness in my chest uh, some days, you know, so I would do like the complete the square breathing thing. Um, sometimes, um, you know, I, I could just feel myself like just like negativity. Like, you know, like if you're listening to your own self and you're saying more things that are not positive than you are like saying positive things, if, like everything you say is a complaint, you're probably showing signs of burnout. Signs of burnout. Let's see. Do I need to run for the hills? No, do not run for the hills. All right. So, look, I am telling you the bad stuff, but I promise you, like you could you could prepare for it. So don't don't run for the hills just yet. Don't run for the hills just yet. So uh, for me, um, you know, like it, I had to have a plan. I had to start developing a plan for stress management because it was so tough. Um, so like I had to make so now like I'm making sure that I go to the gym every day. I, like I know this might be difficult for me. I'm going to try to go to the gym in the morning. Uh, before I actually go to work, because I think that actually helps me out and gives me energy throughout the day. And keep in mind, and Daniel, like this is this was me as a first year administrator. So for um for like more experienced administrators, like uh you know for like Miss Fisher, like she said, the job wasn't stressful at all last year because she has so many years of experience and she's seen all of the situations. For me, every situation that I saw last year was new. And when you become an assistant principal this year. Like you're going to see a lot of new situations and it's going to take a lot of time to process. It's sort of like just think about when you were a new teacher. When you were a new teacher, the job was a little bit tougher. Um, you know, like you didn't have the tools and the resources that you had, you know, when you were a more veteran teacher. Like you couldn't really dip into that, that toolkit the way that a more veteran teacher could. It's the same thing as an administrator. In my first year, I didn't have all the tools. I didn't really understand um, the perceptions of teachers, like, you know, um, and, you know, when from the administrative seat, like, I, you know, I remember being a, a teacher and feeling unappreciated and stuff like that. But from the administrative seat, I can see now, like, some of the things that I could maybe do. And, keep in, and I also realize that even if I do those things, there are still going to be some teachers that might not appreciate the things that I'm doing. But the idea is to reach more people than I couldn't, you know what I mean? So, it is challenging in your first year. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you're going to experience a lot of challenges. Um, but it is a worthy job. 
yeah, you're going to build the capacity to get this thing done. Like you got it. Like you're going to build the capacity. Like it, it, it starts small, you know? And like, even like this year, like when I'm talking to you this year, I've, I've built a lot of capacity because last year was probably the hardest year in education. And because of that, and like, that's what I started thinking towards the end of it, even in like spots in the middle, I started thinking, I was like, okay, if uh, this year was the hardest year and I'm surviving and I'm learning the lessons, I'm reflecting on everything that that that's happened, then I can get better because of all of these lessons. Like everything, every challenge presents an opportunity if you allow it to. You could sit back and experience a challenge. You could have a bad interaction with a teacher or a parent and you could say, oh man, what was me? I'm bad. Or you could sit back and look like, okay, why wasn't I prepared for this, right? Like, what, like, what did I do wrong here? And then you could try to bring it into the next situation. And keep in mind, you might not bring it into the next situation, but keep it in the back of your head. Try to do it again in the next situation. And eventually what ends up happening is you build up like this toolkit of resources and these, these experiences that could end up making you a better uh, like assistant principal. To be honest with you, right now, because of last year, I feel like like pretty confident that I could almost certainly lead a building right now at this point because of all of the struggles that I went through last year. Like so it didn't it wasn't a net bad thing for me. Like like the losses that I took ended up being victories long term because now I feel like I'm ready. Like my career like was expedited because of all of the challenges that I went through last year from all of the negative experiences. Even though I don't lie, I did have a lot of good ones too, but the negative experiences were just good, good lessons for me. So don't run for the hills. Um, like now go run some hills and stuff like that. Go exercise. I say that, but don't run for the hills. Go like continue to exercise and do stuff like that because you're going to be a great administrator. Like you, like you, I know you, like you're going to be a, a great administrator. So don't run for the hills and look for like breaks in action to reflect, um, schedule ahead, like utilize Google calendar or whatever calendar system that you're using. And I'm, I promise you, like, you could literally, you could get really, really good at this thing just over time. So another thing that I try to do is um, positive self-talk. Um, I try to talk to myself positively. I mean, like, sometimes it, I'm like, I'm quick to say, man, Terrell, you're an idiot. Like, what were you thinking? But at the same time, like, now I'm starting to say, man, like, that was pretty dope what you did. Like, you know, or like that was a school safety issue or whatever. And a lot of times, like, I'm quick. Like, I learn things quickly and I find things out quickly so I can solve them really fast. Like, I can identify patterns. I'm really good at um, using technology and stuff like that. I know social media and stuff like that. So you do, too. And because of that, like, it's going to make it easier for you to solve complex problems for people that are maybe older than you that they might not know how to utilize Snapchat or TikTok or uh, Instagram and stuff like that. You're going to be able to create um, like a, more safety within your school, but by, because of the, the skills that you already have, like they're going to pop up over and over again. You just got to trust yourself, but you'll be fine. So with that being said, your stress <laughs> is your responsibility though. I will tell you as an assistant principal, as a principal, no one's going to feel sorry for you if you're stressed out. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you at all. Like it's not going to work that way. You're not going to have teachers that are going to feel sorry for you because you're stressed. They're going to be thinking about their problem in their classroom because they're stressed out too. You're going to have school counselors and they're going to be stressed out too, but you're entrusted in this leadership position because you can make things better. So making sure that you do all of those things like for positive self-care and stuff like that, it's going to be important because you're going to have to pour into yourself. Also, like if you work at the high school level, if you end up working at the high school level, 
you'll also have teammates. So for me, um, it's easy for me to talk to Dr. Robinson, to um, Mr. F uh, you know, Bobby, uh, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Wright or, you know, uh, Miss Fisher or Mr. Toberman or Joe McGinnis. I could go to them and I could talk to them and vent with them because like outside of like, you know, like our group or whatever, People don't care to hear like you know like your like your frustrations and stuff like that. They don't. I mean, like it, that's just the reality. It's not necessarily like a character flaw of theirs. It's just the reality of uh, what we do. You know, like we have to, you know, we have to be on top of stuff. You know, like that's just part of the game. Like when you become an administrator, uh, you're responsible for your own self care. Like nobody else is gonna uh, take care of you but you. And, and on top of that, you don't want to bring your baggage to work. Like you're not. You don't want to bring that. And then take it out on like the teachers or your know, secretaries on your staff members. You uh, some administrators, uh, they clam up and they close their door and then they don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to be involved with teachers. They end up having a disdain for teachers because of the negative comments that are made towards them. So you have to really guard yourself against all of that stuff and just take it with a grain of salt. Um, some things that they might say about you, they, they might be true. Some things might not be true, but you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. When you become, you know, when you become an administrator and you sit um, in that seat. So don't bring the baggage to, to work. Sometimes people are going to annoy the heck out of you with us simple questions that you think are easy. They are going to be so annoying. Um, but I just want to tell you, like, you're entrusted to be a leader because those questions are easy for you. It's the same thing as a teacher. Like, you know, like you might understand math at a level that the students might not. Um, so like that's why you were entrusted to become a teacher. So you're going to have to explain those things over and over and over again. When you become an administrator, you're going to have to explain uh, this program over and over again. You might have the most perfectly laid email with the instructions, with the date, with all of that stuff in it. I mean, that's sometimes when I put the date in the subject line and people tell me they ask me within the same email, what day is it? So, I mean, that is just part of it. Like you're, you're going to have to repeat it again. You could become that mean assistant principal and have that, uh, I told you in the date, I told you in the subject line. You could become that person if you want to, but it's not going to lead to you building healthy relationships with teachers. You're going to have to take a deep breath and you're going to have to explain, um, you know, like, hey, the date is this, it's at this time, even if it's in the email. And realize, man, like I know myself that sometimes my facial expressions might be bad. I might do the right thing, but sometimes, man, I might, I might. Like, look at you, you know what I'm saying? But I, I you got you to gotta kind of take that in and just realize, like, hey, you're entrusted to be a leader because of the skills that you have already that you've demonstrated. You have it together. I, I promise you, every staff member does not have it together. Every, every staff member is not you. You cannot expect every staff member to be you. You cannot have those lit expectations, uh, those levels of expectations. So, so uh, let me give you an example. It's sort of like, if Michael Jordan was your coach, and I ain't comparing myself to Michael Jordan or nothing or Kobe, but if Michael Jordan was your coach, you know, and this was what it's like. If Michael Jordan was your coach and, you know, like you're not hitting shots, like you're not shooting 50 percent and he just dogging you because you're not doing it. Like, you know, like he's entrusted to be the coach because of his ability. You know what I mean? But a lot of people that are really good teachers sometimes struggle when they realize that everybody's not everybody else in the building is not as good as them. Um, and that's just the reality. And you, you kind of have to have that expectation uh, that everyone won't be at that level. I mean, even some of your more senior teachers, now they might be effective, but they might not be as effective as you are. Some of them might even be ineffective and just figuring out ways to work with people where they are. It's the same. It's sort of like scaffolding lessons uh, for students. So just keep that in mind. Like you're entrusted to be a leader because of 
because of who you are and what you've accomplished. All right, let me take let me take one more drink and then we're gonna go into. I think this is the last thing. All right, last thing. So Daniel, everybody out there, Jeremy, listen, all, all y'all listening. There will be dark moments, but you have to trust yourself. You will make it through it. Like you definitely will make it through uh, those dark times. Like you'll you'll make it. You'll definitely make it. I think the idea that you have to keep in mind is that. You want to get 1% better, like, you know, each day, like, or each week. You just want to get a little bit better at your job. You're going to make mistakes. Forgive yourself. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. But just forgive yourself, like, and just keep trying. You know what I mean? There's sometimes where I make a mistake, and I'm like, dang, man, like, you know, because I hate make, making mistakes. But in this role, there's no, there's no way, there's no way that I can just go every day and make all the decisions that I have to make and not make any any mistakes. So, like, you have to just think about, like, you know, reflect on those mistakes and try not to make them over and over again, but realize that you probably can only get 1% better at a time. Like, just get a little bit better. You'll make it. So just pick one thing. Uh, some days, you know, for me, it's like, right now, like, I want to improve, improve my ability to communicate with teachers, with students. That is my general theme for this year because I realize that I'm preparing myself now to become a building principal. That is the next goal. So in order to be a building principal, I have to become a highly skilled communicator when it comes to talking to teachers. I'm going to try new things with videos. I'm going to try to walk the class, uh, like the hallways more by myself. I have to become a more skilled communicator. That is the overall thing. Now, am I going to become a, a like a totally better communicator overnight? Not a chance. But what I got to do is become 1% better each day, 1% better each week. Just try to gradually get there. I realized to some teachers that are watching this, they might think, oh, you're not a better communicator yet. But keyword for me, yet. I, like, I'm always getting there. I'm always getting there. I am not the same person, the same administrator that I was last year. Not even not even close. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bill. You care so much and it shows that's the difference. I really do care because like, you know, and one of the things that was kind of causing me stress last year is seeing the teachers like struggle, seeing people hurt. Like, And people might not believe it, but seeing people hurt, seeing the administrators struggle, Seeing uh, the school counselor struggle, that bothers me because I really want to hop in and help and help people feel successful. It's one of like I like my spirit like is in protection. I want to protect people. It's part of the reason why I decided to become an administrator. I saw how COVID was infecting, uh, impacting, infecting too, but impacting the school. And I wanted to hop out there and I want to protect people and help people. So is it, that is my thing, you know? Like I want to protect people, but I also got to protect myself. And like the only way that I could do that. Is to, to take smaller steps to becoming the, the administrator that I will be. I realize that one day I'm going to become, and I promise you this, I'm going to become an incredible administrator, an incredible superintendent. I'm going to, I'm telling you that. I know that because I'm going to always get one percent better. I look at it as an a marathon. There are better principals than me now. There are better superintendents than me now. But over time, that that number is going to shrink, and I promise you that because every single day. I'm going to try to get just slightly better than I was the day before. I ain't trying to make huge jumps. I'll get slightly better than I was each day. I'll reflect on the lessons from the day before, and I'll carry them in to, to, the, to the next school year. Um, also, like when you're going through dark times, like I know I got off onto a tangent. One of the most powerful things that you could do is to get out there and interact with students. Students are literally the light in the building. If you were an educator when kids were not in the building, Think about how it was when it was nothing but adults. None of us got into this business to only work with adults. So get out into the hallways, get into the classrooms, 
that will re-energize you. I remember, and shout out to Ms. Martins here. I wasn't even going to say her name here, but shout out to Ms. Martins here. Like, literally, one of her lessons literally changed one of my entire days. And I went, if she hears this, I hope, like, you know, I hope she hears this. You know, like, if, if anybody is listening that is a teacher at the school, share this with her. Matter of fact, I'll share it with her, you know. But she literally brightened up one of the toughest days. I wanted to get into our classroom early because, like, she had a really good lesson that she wanted me to see. And then it was like problem after problem after problem. Oh, yeah. Yep. As, uh, as a senior comp teacher, this was a senior comp lesson. You might even know it. Bill. You might even know it. So, like, it was problem after problem. And then, like, finally, like, luckily she had a seventh period class. I was run down, right? So I go into the classroom and I'm working with Play-Doh, like, as a way of forming uh, an essay, right? Just forming things, like how you take something and you form it. And like, it was kind of related to essays. Like I can't quote the entire lesson, but she asked me, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the students and stuff like that. And it was supposed to be, you know, like an observation, but it ended up becoming basically therapy for me. She, um, she asked me if I wanted to play with some Play-Doh too. And I'm thinking in my head, Play-Doh, yeah, what I look like playing with Play-Doh, you know, but I ended up playing with it. And I, it, this is weird. I'm telling you, man, but like, you know, like when you're playing with the Play-Doh and, and stuff like that, Literally, it was so relaxing, so relaxing, talking to the students about what I was making with the Play-Doh and just getting back around kids again in the middle of those, like that tough time. And I realized, keep in mind, like I said, 87% of the students don't even receive a referral. Like there's the students out there like Bell used to be, right? Incredible students out there that I used to get to see all the time as a school counselor, as an administrator, I didn't get to see as much. But when you get in those classrooms and you get to see kids learning, you get to interact with kids, like that can literally pull you out of the darkest time that you could probably ever be having. Like it is one of the most powerful, most tr transformative things that you could do as an administrator. And like some, like, and the thing is, and I think that's why it's important to get in the classrooms early. So people don't feel intimidated by you being in the classroom because sometimes like you're not just getting in the classroom for the teachers or like to help students. Sometimes you're getting there to save yourself, you know? And like, that's the reality uh, of it. Sometimes you're interacting with students in the hallway, not just to build relationships to help them, but you're building relationships with students to help yourself. Because there's so many things that I've gotten from students. Um, sometimes I get more from students than I give to students. Sometimes, and they don't even realize it. And it's, it's difficult sometimes to just thank students because students, like we're in this, this thing together as educators. Like it's not like, oh, I'm just the giver. Students are incredible, man. Like they make us smile. They make, I mean, like there's so much. Uh, and when they were gone, when they were not in the building, the job was not the same. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even want to be in education if it weren't no kids. Like that, I mean, like it is that important. So as an administrator, when you're constantly, you're dealing with all of these problems over and over again, if you're feeling down, go get into a classroom. I promise you. you know, that's one of the best things that you could do. Promise you that. Promise you. Build those relationships. Talk to teachers in the hallway. Sometimes you're talking to teachers because – you know, you're trying to help teachers, but sometimes the teachers talking to you can help you. And that's why, like, you know, um, just being fully transparent, like, you know, like some of my notes got out this year and like it was like some teachers that I, you know, that I put on there. I don't, and I don't know how I got out there. I'm just going to be open. And um, but I really care about those teachers, you know, like I really like them a lot. And that's why I was you know, going to talk to them about what, what like what was in my notes. 
And I, I don't, you know, and it got out there and it was misinterpreted, you know, and I kind of, I was like, oh man, like not them. Like, you know, I gotta, I gotta call some of these people to let them know like, Hey man, I care. And you can totally tell me, no, I'll do the presentation myself. I like talking like, so it don't bother me, but it was just an opportunity uh, to let the light shine because there's so many incredible teachers in our building. And some of our teachers are better than any person that we could pay from outside of the building to do professional development. The, the stars, you know, just absolute stars. And I just want people, other people to appreciate them the way that I appreciate them. So, so that's that, you know, but other than that, communicate with teachers, like talk more, uh, you know, if you think that you communicated too much and people are communicate, uh, complaining about how much you communicated, send three more emails. Like, send, like, just keep communicating with people, like over communicate, keep your schedule tight. Um, remember, last thing, man, remember that it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. Like you are not going to become a great administrator over t- like just in one day. When I started off as a school counselor, I was terrible. Like I was so bad. I was so bad. Um, when I was uh, I started off as a teacher, I was terrible. You know, and like you just get better over time with just like with anything else. I think because I, I served in those other roles before. And also last year was so challenging that it, it allowed me to have that experience on what I how, what I need to do in order to learn faster. So I think I learned this job a lot faster than I learned the other two. It took me probably four years to become a good teacher. It probably took me about four years to become a good school counselor. So uh, with that being said, like, is, are there any questions or anything out there that have not been answered that I could answer for you while I'm on here? Like you can ask any questions that you uh, that you might like. Also, I'll drop the link here in the chat again. If you want to come up and ask me a question, that's totally fine. Do not run for the hills. I know I told you a lot of doom and gloom and stuff like that, but I just want you to be prepared for it. I don't want to lie to you, but do realize that you have assets. You do have a team. You do have teachers. You do have students. They might not want to hear about your complaints, but just talking to people sometimes can be um, transformative for you, especially, I guess, like if you're an extrovert like me, like I have to be around people. So, but any questions that y'all have, I'm here for them, you know, so I'm going to give that a second before I shut it down. Uh looks like it is uh, 53 minutes in. I'll give it a minute. Um, if there's no questions, then I'll, I'll just move on and we'll, we'll shut this down and then, uh, you know, do it like that. Uh, let's see. You should uh, let's see. You should make a, the story about uh, the Play-Doh a real for IG. Such a nice story. That is a really good idea. That is a really good idea. I should. Because I'm, I'm telling you, Bill, it was a very, very bad day for me. And I, I walked in there because I really wanted to be there. So I walked in there. I'm beat up. I'm sweating. Like, I mean, it's a student even. I mean, never, I, I probably can't say that. But, like, there was some really bad stuff that happened that day. Like, you know, a student was hurt, basically, uh, that day. You know, and, and that weighs on you, too, because you're responsible for everyone. Um, you're responsible for student safety. You want to tell parents, you know, you want parents to have their kids go back, uh, you know, every day safely. But, um, like, you know, it, it was an incident not necessarily like a physical violence incident, but a student just uh, did not, you know, leave in the way that I would want them to leave, you know, like they left, you know, hurt. So if there's any questions for me about being an administrator, please feel free to drop them in the chat or you could hit the link and you could come up, uh, you know, but seriously, like that's the thing, man. It's a marathon. It is not a sprint. The job is challenging. Uh, you will get better at it. You will make it. So if you have a question for me, um, you know, just let me know and I'll answer any question that you might have. Any question. Any question. But let play those story. It was, it, it was something. It was definitely something. 
uh, the role is heavy. Uh, you know, like the higher, like the more, like the, I ain't gonna even say the higher you go, because to me, I believe in like a flat level of like mindset, like when it comes to leadership, although you are as an assistant principal, you're accountable um, for a lot of things. So like that accountability is there, but I do believe that teachers can be, be leaders. I believe school counselors can be leaders. I believe students could be leaders. So if there are no questions, I think I'm going to, uh oh, let's see. All right. What should current grad students focus on in their classes to better prepare? Um, okay. So I will say this about, about grad school. Let me take a sip. Um, being in grad school is like largely theoretical. Um, you're talking about theories. Um, you know, like when it comes to being good at a job, whether it's school counselor, teacher, whatever. When you sit in the seat, though, it's it's not the same. Um, I like you could I, you could be a good student in grad grad school, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a good assistant principal. So I will I would say that you know, like of course, like focus on learning like the laws and stuff like that, so that you have a good understanding and a grip of what you can and cannot do. Um, but at the same time, no, and like those grad programs, like, and I had tremendous teachers that taught me a lot of stuff. One of them is a superintendent. Um, you know, at a nearby school district, and he was incredible. But at the same time, that like once you sit in the seat, though, like all of that goes out the window because so much of it is gray. Um, grad school is like black and white. Like you know, like this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing. And like, and that's great. Like you want to know what the wrong thing is, and you want to know what the right thing is. But within that, that there's a what is called like a chasm between good and bad that you live in as an as an assistant principal. So some people. Um, that are just black and white won't survive being an assistant principal because like the gray area, like that chasm is huge. So there's like school rules, you know, but you have to learn how to apply the school rules in a way that is going to uh, lead to like better outcomes for students and teachers. So within that, so like you have like the rules. So say, for example, um, a student, um, let me give you an example. All right. So like a student um, hasn't been eating at home. Right. They, uh, you know, like the parents are going in uh, getting into it. And, uh, you know, like maybe like the parent, like the, they, the parents are in and out of the house and sometimes they're alone and they're raising their little brother and sister. They come into the classroom that day. They got an attitude. They don't want to do their schoolwork. Teacher keeps coming up to them over and over and over again. Um, trying to get them to work because the teacher in their mind, like, hey, these are my classroom rules. Nobody can put their head down. This kid has not slept. Um, and keep in mind, like, this seems like a black and white thing, right? Like, you, I think y'all probably getting where I'm going with this, right? Okay. So student hasn't slept. Student's dealing with all of these problems. Student goes into the classroom, has an attitude, gets written up, kicked out of the classroom. How do you, I want, like, people out there watching, what do you do with the student? The school rule says if you use profanity towards a staff member, uh, that they get two days out of school suspension. What do you do? So Rogue Four, Bill, um, Daniel, what do you do in this situation? Student has problems at home. Teacher is, is stressed already, has students, uh, like feels like the classroom's getting away from them and there's not a lot of, uh, you know, like feeling like there's not uh, order in the classroom. So the student, teacher doesn't feel supported by the administration. You have a student that you know is going through all of their stuff at home. You have parents that are not supportive, kids not eating enough at home, 
you're trying to provide resources that working with the social worker. You got all of those different things. Give me an answer. Okay. So we have, let them take a nurse, uh, a nap in the nurse's office. Okay. So let's see. Okay. That's, that's a good answer. Okay. So let them take a nap. Got to meet the kids physical needs before they can learn. In my opinion, totally agree. Okay. So like, this is like the teacher says, this has been going on and on, right? But you realize that the student has had these problems. The teacher feels unsupported. What do you do? So we, we got to take care of the student. We got that. We let the, the student take a nap today. But there's a, there's a referral out here hanging. Um, there's a referral out here hanging. We have parents that are not supportive, that are not going to come to the table. How do you support that teacher right there? And see, that that's the issue. Okay. Uh, um, offer additional resources to the family. Okay. Now... That, that's great. But now there are some families because I'm, I'm, I just want you to fully understand this. When I say there's not a supportive family, like you offering the resources, it might not be received. It might fall on deaf, deaf, uh, deaf, ear, deaf ears or like, I don't want to use it or just ears that are not going to be you know, supportive of you. Right. So what did you do? OK, I would allow them to take a nap. However, I would meet with the teacher to brainstorm how we can best need, meet the needs of the student. Totally agree. That is that like so you have to work with that teacher, too, and to help the teacher to fully understand. We would I would probably say that we need to come up with a plan. So like if you let them take that nap that one day, now you're going to have a student that is going to go back in there. And then, uh, yep, yep, that is true, too. That's literally what I mean right there. Yes. Some parents don't. And that, and that is the truth. They don't. They don't care at all. Um, and that's the, that's the reality. I mean, like even if they did care, they don't know how to care appropriately. But like Danielle's answer right here, like we need to figure out a plan. What we what do we need to do first hour for this child so that they can be successful first hour? Obviously, coming in and taking a nap every day is going to lead to that student failing. So like we can't do that every single day. Like that's not going to be successful. Also, we don't want to we don't want to have a situation within that teacher's classroom where that teacher could be cursed out at any given time because we need to protect the mental health of that teacher, too. And like we got to do what's best for students, but you don't want to run your teachers off either. Right now, we do have a teacher that I mean, a parent that might not, as, as Bill said right here, might not. Now, we also need to figure out how we can build relationships with this family. Like We need to attack this thing on every different level. With this one student, keep in mind, as an administrator, you might have multiple of these situations that are going on at um, at any time. Absolutely. You want to include the student in the conversation and give the student agency uh, in deciding what they need that be might best support them. Our ideas as adults might not fit for them. A lot of students are going through things that adults have never even been through. Like some of our like a lot of our teachers come from middle class homes. Like, you know, like they've had both parents and like and they might not fully understand it, like exactly what's going on. And that might even hinder their communication with the family. Um, you know, like, and that's another thing. Like we need to support the teacher in coming up with steps for communicating with that family that we feel like don't give a blank. You know what I mean? Like we need to figure this thing out because we can't just say the parents don't care because we need to figure out a way to either get them to care or to show them how that they can be supportive. So we need to figure out the language that we could use in order to do that. So in this black or white situation, when you look at the discipline, you look at the discipline, it says this kid gets two days out. This teacher, this, this kid cursed at a teacher. But the spirit of the law is not to break students. The spirit of the rule is not to break this kid because this kid is doing the best that they can. This kid might be like one of the most responsible kids that you might ever meet because this kid is now raising a sibling. 
This kid is figuring out ways to feed the, the, the little brother and sister, finding ways to get that kid, their the, the siblings to school. But they're, they're zapped when they come into class and they have been an adult for so long that they don't know how to be supportive. And like, and at the same time, you also got to tell this kid, man, like, and, and, and firmly, hey, man, you're not going to be in there cursing at my teachers. Like, that's not going to work. Like, so it has to be a combination of both. And like, that's what it's like to be an administrator when you're dealing with discipline. They're, they're like black and white people. They look at things like you did this. You're, you get two days out will not succeed in the role of being an administrator. Like you're, you're not, you're going to do more damage than you're going to do good. Also like, and then teachers might feel like, oh yeah, like you're putting people out, but they're not going to see any changes in the student's behavior because you haven't done anything to address it. Sending that kid home for two days might make things worse because they're going to be around that parent. That parent could be on drugs. That parent, there's all of these situations. And you might've just put that kid back with that parent for two days when that wasn't the thing that they needed. So that's what it's like uh, when you're dealing with, you know, discipline and what you learn in school is so largely theoretical and they tell you what's good policy and bad policy. But when you're actually in the seat, like the, the, the it's so much gray, And like, and you could go several levels of planning for any one of those different things. So like, whether it's working with parents, there's levels of involvement that you might need to have. It might be more that you need to do from some for some parents than others in order to get them involved. Then, you know, like and, and it's all of those different things that you're kind of juggling with each situation. And there are so many different situations. Um, so like school to me is great. It's just not it's not going to better best prepare you. Exactly. You don't want all the kids and teachers feeling like you're harsh and untrustworthy. You're right. If I'm just putting people out left and right, like. I'm not really doing the job. Like that's not what, what discipline is there for. Uh, like literally a lot of times, like when you're putting people out of school, like it's, it should be mostly nine times out of 10, it should be like a school safety issue. Like if you're doing suspensions, it shouldn't just be like, you're just putting kids out left and right. Like that shouldn't be the, the move. But if it's something like dangerous or something like that, school safety is my number one priority. I want every child to go back home safe. So in that case, then I'm more likely to use a suspension if there's a fight or something like that, because I realize. You know, a lot of people don't realize, like, when they're fighting, say, for example, it's a fight in the cafeteria, there might be a child in a wheelchair, a child with epilepsy, a child with, there's all these different things. There could be a, a teacher that um, has some disability or an impairment. Like, there's all of these different things that can happen. So my, my goal is to make sure that everyone's safe. And that's why suspension is definitely the move there, um, because I have to send a strong message. But when they come back, you got to try to do things to um, to stop um, like that behavior from happening over and over again. So like, that's where like those relationships come in place, um, you know, like with the the students, with the teachers, like, you know, letting the teachers know like, hey, if this student is putting our head down, could you give me a heads up? You know, like, because, and like, see, the teachers might not know the full scope of what's going on at home while the social worker and you might know that. So you want to make sure that the teacher has a heads up on that too. Like, hey, if you start seeing this behavior, let me know. And you can send them down to me and I'll try to take care of this and try to see if I can get them back up to the classroom to you uh, so that this is not a recurring thing and it's not disrupting your classroom. Also, after that student blows up, like taking a nap is cool. Like, you know, that's a decent thing to do, like especially for that day. But you cannot send the student after a blow up back to the classroom because, you know, it's just not good practice because uh, it sends a very bad message to the teacher, to the class and everything. So it's just a lot of different things. Like That's a really good question, though. Um, really, really good question. Anybody else have a question? You can ask me anything here about being an assistant principal, anything you want to know.
take a sip for while we do this. Anything you want to know? Like these are these are really good questions. And then yes, Daniel, you gotta you definitely gotta invite all the students. One of the things I learned as a school counselor is some of the answers that I had weren't best for the student. Like sometimes the students know what resources that they have a lot more than um than you do. Like, you know, like you gotta help the student realize exactly what strengths they have and what resources they have because you might have totally different resources uh than they do and they might actually have some really good resources that you probably haven't even thought of so that's why as an adult you don't want to jump to conclusions on what um on what uh you could do you know like you know what a student can do bill says didn't even consider teachers may not be aware of the children's struggle yeah they won't a lot of times they won't their lives can be so much harder than some adults can even imagine for sure Food insecurity, abuse, all kinds, wild abuse, wild abuse happens. And like and like you would never even know as a teacher sometimes. Toxic environment, totally true. Like some of these kids, man, I'm telling you, like I, I've had some very crazy situations um, that I've had. I mean, you could, I mean, heck, there's some kids that are in high school that have not been in school since like fourth grade in high school, have not been in school since fourth grade because of an abusive environment drug abuse, being kicked out of homes, all kinds of stuff. There are, there are things that are happening at the school that most students, most teachers have no idea about. No idea, no clue, no clue. Um, and then also like, you know, like there's a confidentiality. So there's only so much that I could even tell a teacher. Um, and to be honest, a lot of times some teachers gossip and, uh, and sometimes they talk in the hallways and things could get overheard. So you got to make sure you maintain uh, confidentiality uh, when you're dealing with situations like that, because you don't want other students to find out like, hey, this kid is homeless or whatever. Um, you know, just from overhearing teachers in, in the um, hallway when a student confided, confided in you or if a student um, may not have come out, you know, like as, uh, you know, as a part of the LGBTQIA plus uh, community, uh, you know, like you don't want to make sure like they could be going through all sorts of things at home. I mean, like some students, um, some students have been put out the house um, and become homeless thinking that their parents were going to be supportive and got kicked out or like maybe like might confide into you into you as an adult. And then you say something it gets to the teachers and then all of a sudden it gets to a parent and then the kid gets out, gets put out or gets out of terrible situation. So a lot of times what I would do um, in a situation like that, see, that these are those gray areas where like, you know, like, you know, parents have rights. But also you're sworn to secrecy and confidentiality under certain things. See, that's a gray area right there. Um, and, and you have to do what's best to protect the student, um, because a lot of times people people literally um, people literally can lose their, their shelter um, when they get outed or whatever. So that's one of those things. How do you na uh, navigate <laughs> discipline and uh, chastising teachers? Um, teachers have, I mean, all kinds of protections. Like and th this is a thing. <laughs> Um, being honest, like you're not going to just be chastising teachers like that. That is not how it works. Um, honestly, I don't even want to be, um, seen as a person that chastises or disciplines teachers. One is just unrealistic. Um, like if you're overly mean or like cruel to a teacher, um, they're going to file a grievance against you. And like, you're going to go through a long, arduous process. Like it's, it's not going to work that way. Um, the most, to be honest, like, and this is like, if you're not in, like if you're not in your first four years, um, once you hit your fifth year as a teacher, you have all kinds of protections. Um, the, like in, in anything that you do, like where it's like disciplinary towards teachers, like it's literally going to take 
to be honest with you, maybe three to four years for you to even have anything uh, like that's substantial or meaningful. You could give a teacher a memo, like, you know, like on a behavior that, you know, you asked them to improve, uh, like to improve or something like that. You could memo them, which is like essentially like sending like an angry letter, not an angry, but like a disciplinary letter. But, you know, with union protections and stuff like that, that I mean, the reality is like nothing's going to happen as, as a result of that. Um, because like in order to do that, like, you know, like say, for example, like you have to set like a uh, it's called a BIP, a behavior improvement plan uh, in order to even like remove or like strongly disciplinary uh, discipline a teacher. So it doesn't really work that way. Uh, it's not like chastising. You literally have to sit beside that teacher and create a plan for that teacher to improve in what area that they're deficient in. And literally, instead of disciplining and chastising, which is not going to be productive, you're going to sit next to that teacher and you're going to work through uh, finding a way to do that. Now, and you have this a several year process of you trying to go through uh, remediating that behavior. Now, once you're done like with that, like once that is no longer like it's not working and you're not getting anything out of it and you've shown evidence of ev- basically evidence based practices for improving that behavior. Now you're looking at potentially going to the board, like recommending termination right now. You could recommend termination, but as an administrator, you cannot terminate a teacher. That is the school board. So you could recommend termination, which will then go to the district office and go through human resources in the district office. Now, once you do that, then then it, uh, it's going to go through arbitration with the school board and the, and the school board is going to try to work that out with the teacher. After that, now the school board, like the elected officials that are above like the school, they can terminate a teacher. But you're like as an administrator, you can't do all that. Like you don't you don't really have um, that kind of power. Um, even when it comes to like students, like I can't expel a student. I don't have that kind of power. The m- most power that I have as an assistant principal or as a principal is a 10 day suspension. Outside of that, that is the board's power. So the school board has the ultimate power to expel or to terminate or to discipline or to to dock pay or to do all those things. Those things are outside of my role um, and my, the scope of my position as an assistant principal. A lot of people think that is within my wheelhouse, but I really can't. My job really, like when it comes to talking to teachers, is to figure out a way that I can assist them so that they can be successful. Um, I can't really chastise. I mean, like you can you can try. I mean, I've been to be honest with you. Oh man, I made a mistake my um my probably my second year as an assistant principal, and I was chastised for something that really wasn't even true. Um, by 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 building principal. But it, I mean, it didn't really lead to anything. Like it didn't. I mean, like nothing was gonna really. I mean, I was in my second year, so I could have been terminated. But if I was in year five or something, or six or seven or eight or nine or ten, like them being angry literally means absolutely nothing because all I got to do is improve the behavior right away, and then you know, then that's it. You know, so that's kind of how that works. To be honest with you, like there's no such thing as just like disciplining and chastising teachers. Like it, it really don't work that way. Uh, people think that we have that power, but that's really not the truth. But really, really good question, Rogue Four. Really good question. Um, my, my role as an administrator is to be a partner in the like in an, an instructional leader and uh, a person that is sitting beside the teacher and helping them to improve and whatever uh, they're not doing right. And then if you know if I need to, I could write a memo. I could also have like the difficult conversation with them and tell them like, hey, this isn't working, and here's why. And I've done that, you know. But as far as like chastising, like to me, that's ineffective leadership. If you need to chastise uh, someone, like probably, like, you know, like yelling and all of that, 
then you're probably uh, you probably don't know exactly what you're doing. Like you don't really have a plan for improvement. Uh, you are probably also acting out of anger. Um, and that is never a really good sign of a leader. So I would I would probably never schedule a meeting with a teacher when I'm upset. Uh, that's just not a good look. That's not a good way to go. Um, and then if once you burn that relationship, there's there's no getting it back. Um, you know, especially if it's somebody that's tenured and they're going to be there for years to come. It's pointless. And even if they're not tenured, uh, treating somebody like that, that even that you're going to probably terminate. Like it's, it's just it's pointless. I would just tell them, like, hey, this is what I expect. This is what I'm what I'm looking for. But discipline and chastising, I, I wouldn't characterize um, anything that I would do as disciplining or chastising. Now, discipline is probably for students. And I mean, even that I'm not going to sit back and like yell at a kid or anything like that. There are some administrators that are yelling and doing all of that. That's not my move. I'm not a yeller. Um, I just I just do it like you're going to get these days. And then we could talk about it when you get back, you know, or we could talk about it now or we could talk about it later. Um, like if you're like in a position at that time, like where you're like kind of calm and centered, we could have that conversation. But if a student's hot and stuff like that, like they need to go home and we could talk about it when they return. But um, I'm not going to be doing any yelling or going back and forth with anyone because it's pointless to me. I don't think that's good leadership. I think it's very ineffective uh, leadership. I think that typically people that yell and act all crazy have no um, no control over themselves and they don't know. um, (laughs) They don't know like what to do with the situation. Oh, I'm ice cold for sure. Like when it when it comes like when 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 like seriously, it's like. You know, like if you're getting days, like you're getting days, like I'm not going to negotiate. I'm not going to do like it's not going to be any of that. It's just going to like these are the days. This is what you're going to get. And then we can talk about it now. We can talk about it later when you return. But the days are the days like I'm not going to I'm not going to do any anything like that because you've um, put other people at risk. And I, I just don't I don't play. I don't play like that. So um, now if you're acting a fool and you're hooping and hollering and cursing people out in the hallway, like, of course, you got to go home and stuff like that. You're going to get suspended for that. Um, but other than that, like most of the referrals are going to be um, for discipline. I mean, not for like for safety issues, though, for sure. Um, but discipline and like yelling, like to me, like you just don't, you don't have a solution in hand in hand. So like you're just really like, you know, you're just winging it and you're upset because you don't know what to do. You didn't think about it. You didn't plan it. So that's the way I look at it. Any other questions? That was a really good one. That's a really, really good one. Any other questions about what it's like? And to be honest, and some of the stuff transfers over, like if you're, um, you know, a boss or like, you know, like you're like, you know, like the head nurse or like you're a CEO and stuff like that. If you're yelling at your staff, like to me, that's just a signal of you not knowing what you're doing. Like, you don't, you have no clue what to do. And it's just you acting out of anger and out of control. So to me, anyway, I don't, I don't see the point of yelling. Just do what you're going to do. So any other questions? That was a really good one. Give it a second. Let me take a drink. I'll give it a second because I don't want to rush off. Any other questions? And then I'll shut it down. Also, while, while I wait, we got a lot of big things coming up, uh, coming up this week. So tomorrow um, we're going to talk about gender identity plans. Um, I've been doing a great deal of research on this. Um, I think it's a, a really important thing uh, for schools to do. I didn't know a lot about it before I talked to Jennifer Kirk um, about it. And, um, you know, we'll, I'll talk to you a little bit more about it tomorrow. But um, basically, essentially, like we're talking about plans uh, like that help that would help students with gender identity issues. Like so, like you know, like whether or not like they want other people to know, um, you know, that they're going through it. Like because we have to protect the child's confidentiality. 
because once again, like I said, people gossip. Um, that's just the reality of, you know, like having 200 staff members, even if you have a smaller staff, people gossip. And sometimes they talk about things in the hallway or maybe they talk about they, something might slip up in the classroom or something like that. And it could totally out a kid and ruin a kid's life. A lot of students that are going through gender identity um, issues, um, they, experience, they experience suicidal ideations. And I mean, and it, it's, 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 it's definitely challenging. Um, sometimes they get put out of their homes. All kinds of stuff. And like a lot of people, a lot of politicians have opinions about what educators should do in situations like this. But they've never sat in my seat and seen a child crying in front of them or a student that does not want to live um, anymore and had that conversation with the student about their own life and death. So until they've done that, a lot of times, to be honest with you, I think most politicians should stay out of education. That is my personal opinion, because if you have not sat in a seat, then you do not know what you're talking about. If you've not been a school counselor, a social worker or an administrator and sat down across from a child that is like, you know, pleading for help and one, uh, you know, like not knowing if they want to live anymore because they're not being supported at home by their friends, by the community, um, you know, or maybe they have a negative circle like surrounding them when it comes to that, then you really don't have an opinion of what to do. But what a gender identity plan does is have plans in place to 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 help like promote the likelihood of their kids staying safe, um, you know, whether they're at school or at home, um, you know. So that's that's a really big topic that's coming up. We're also going to talk about on when oh well, yeah Wednesday, we're going to talk about um, positive psychology. Something I'm still kind of researching and looking into, like how we could provide positive psychology to kind of get ahead of some of like the negative stuff that's going on in the school. And, um, you know, and School Pulse is an option for that. You know, as you know, they're my brand sponsor. So going to talk to them about that. We're going to talk to the founder about that positive psychology and stuff like that. Something that we probably could own, uh, use in our own lives, too. So got a big week coming up. So um, as always, like, comment and subscribe. Share the video. This has been a great conversation. I'm about to uh, go relax and uh, kind of do a little bit of research for my upcoming episodes to make sure that I'm better, better prepared so I can provide good content for you. This has been a great conversation. I've been wanting to do this. So I'll talk to y'all next time. Peace.